What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 20, conspiracy episode 20 of the No Mercy podcast. We got a banger for you today. There's a lot going on in the world right now. And I'm bringing on the dude who me and him and Bob and a bunch of other people, Janet, Ben, Kurt, been screaming from a mountaintop about what's going on in society, this Satanism, this anti-Bible, anti-family, anti-God, cannibalism, adrenochrome, chaos that's been going on in Holly Weird or Pedo Wood or whatever you want to call it. And back when we first started doing these conspiracy shows, a lot of people would just troll us and tell us we're crazy and we got tinfoil hats on and we're nut jobs. And now everybody's coming around. So it's going to be a little bit different than the first time we had LJ on because now I think you're waking up. I think you're seeing it. So no better time to bring my dude on than right now. This episode was fire. I think you guys are going to love it. Make sure to follow everyone on Twitter and Instagram at 2LarryJohnson7 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Tommy G on Twitter, at Tommy G DFS on Instagram, and then at Bob's Lessons on Twitter. And of course, we don't have any ads. We don't have any Patreon just yet. We'll probably get to that at some point, but enjoy it while we don't have it right now. Best way to support the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Mercy Pod, and uh, leave us a review. Like it, hate it, who cares? You think we're nuts? Write it on iTunes. But uh, I don't want to talk anymore. We got two hours of fire in front of you, so I won't get in the way of that. So without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 20 of the Conspiracy Edition of the No Mercy Podcast. Special guest today. I'm going to introduce him in a second. You probably heard it in the intro that I record after the show, so I'm probably talking double right now. But first, I will introduce my uh, partner in crime over here, Bob's Lessons. What up, Bobby? What's going on? I'm ready to do this, man. This is like our Super Bowl right now. Right. You were talking, I mean, everyone knows we're bringing Larry Johnson on in a minute. And uh, you were talking about what? You won your first fantasy league with Larry or something? Yeah. I, uh, he actually got me into fantasy because I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, he ended up on my roster with, uh, I think it was like with Willie Parker and like Travis Henry and uh, the three of those running backs. Like, I think I, I feel like I owe Larry like a portion of my winnings. So maybe I'll bend them. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> well, you lost you lost to us in the family league. So, you, so you, that was probably the last time well, you were good. That, so. that was probably the highlight of my fantasy career. So <laughs> it's been all down now. I'll, I'll Venmo him $35. I think I won three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell him when he comes on. So it's all downhill from there. So every day, as I said, we're going to bring Larry on in a second. Every day is a new fucking world, dude. This is insane. This is crazy what's going on. Dwayne Wade yesterday. We're seeing the Rita Wilson stuff. Uh, we'll get into that with Larry when he comes on. I first won a victory lap, Harvey Weinstein, Bobby. You deserve a How victory lap. How did you feel about that? How did you feel about it? Well, I had conflicting emotions. Here's why. I want all of us to be correct on this for multiple reasons, but I had my Oprah victory lap, so you deserve your Harvey Weinstein lap. And I did get a little egotistical on the last one, so I deserve- well, you got a little cocky. You got a I little cocky I deserve what's coming Oprah. to me. I understand. Yeah, you got a little cocky on Oprah. For those of you that missed it, Bobby was running around bragging about his first pick of the coronavirus fantasy draft. It was Oprah, and he was nailing how he was the god, and he wanted us to you know, bow to him on the podcast. And then just like that, Oprah appears, which I don't, still don't believe, I mean, by did, the way. Yeah, uh, we can get into that. Uh, yeah, too. I mean, listen, the video that she... We'll, we'll wait for LJ to come on to talk about this because right. I want to address this. But... And then the first person in our draft to come down with coronavirus is my pick, 
Harvey Weinstein predicted how it would happen, predicted that the body double would get it, predicted it was a Clinton weapon. This was back before we realized it's probably a white hat weapon. But uh, Harvey Weinstein contracts coronavirus in prison, victory lap taken. Now let's get to the real star of the show, Larry Johnson. LJ, what's up, my dude? What's up, guys? How, thanks for having me on. No problem. Did you hear Bobby talking about how you won him a fantasy league in the pre-show? There? Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, if I had thirty-five dollars for every time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, and, and the beauty of it is, Larry, I feel like we've kind of been through this journey like together, almost. You know, like we've been into all this stuff for a long time. But this was a sports podcast up until twenty episodes ago, and you were known as the Kansas City Chief Superstar All Pro Running Back you know, not too long ago. And now I think we're both known as, you know, these conspiracy prophets, right? So like, I feel like our worlds have kind of changed since the last time we talked. Yeah, it's, 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 that's the way the awakening is. It's about finding out something that's wrong with the society and wrong with this world and not be able to use our platforms to change things up a bit and really expose it for what it is. We could talk football all day long and it just will just be running around in circles. That's They have ESPN for that. We, our shows and what we do, you know, we add something new to it because we're always talking about current events. Well, here's the other interesting thing about Larry's account. And I noticed this because I kind of started following you right when you began tweeting about a lot of this stuff. At the beginning, your comments were very negative. You know, like the comments were like, oh, Larry's got CTE. Larry's got this. That, that. You mean from the from, from his, his follow, from, from, Yeah, from the right, He was getting trolled. He was right. getting trolled the whole time. And like there was like this slow, meticulous transition and now the comments that I read in a lot of Larry uh, Larry's posts have been positive. A lot of like good information sharing in the comment section and support. And it seems like your fan base not only has transitioned but grown in the process as well. So that's good. I mean, that's like he said, that's exactly what this awakening process is: is we are all digital foot soldiers in the movement. Like this is a warfare that's going on that's like nothing we've ever seen before. And it's an information warfare. It's a philosophical warfare. It's a warfare between good and evil. And, you know, we're just foot soldiers. We're part of the process. And a lot of people think that, oh, you're not doing anything by sitting in front of a microphone and talking about it. But in a sense, we really are. Because if it's a war of the mind, then how do you win that war? It's through an awakening process. It's through a slow, you know, reprogramming of the collective consciousness so and lj have you have you seen that with your i mean i've seen it with mine but have you seen what have you noticed on your account from the people who've been following you i think it's it's like the close friends and those are the people who don't believe you the most is your close friends and when they when you have those friends who have been with you in the club partying and drinking and getting drunk they don't see the new you they can't accept the new you so when the information even though they're not going to unfollow me if they see the information over time, it starts to add up when they when all of my new followers, all the people who are already on my side, when they see how popular each of my posts become over time, they start to pay attention. People don't want, like to be left out. They like to be in the know. They like to be popular. So but before everyone was like, this guy's crazy. What did he know? Like he was just is in the club with me drunk. But now it's yo. D- did you see this? Like now they're sending me posts. Now they're sending me the other mm-hmm. conspiracy yeah. theories. You like, and I'm sitting back like, wow, really? We don't, yeah. we don't really, we uh, went full circle. Yeah. It, it's amazing. I'm seeing it right now. I get, cause you know, I built a big following, but most of my following like you, Larry, I mean, we were kind of around the same follower mark too. Then you just blew past, but you know, most of yours were like football fans, right? Like people liked you as a running back or, 
you know, you know, followed you because you had celebrity status. You used to, for those of you that don't know, um, LJ used, and I'll let you tell the story in a second, but used to hang with Jay-Z and Beyonce and be like in the inner, inner circle of all this stuff. And that's what mine was. Mine was people looking for gambling picks and looking for fantasy football advice. And when I started pivoting kind of around the same time when you did and said, screw this, I'm using my Twitter as a platform and not a way to feel good about myself or monetize a business. Like I'm going to speak my message. I'm going to, you know, like you talk about God a lot. Like I almost feel like something's coming through me that I need to get out and be a messenger to the people. And once you start adding, I added like 20,000 followers in the last literally like month. And it's just, isn't, isn't it just like a burden off you when you can tweet something and you actually have other people coming and saying like, Hey, I saw this. I read that. I believe you rather than just a bunch of negative sheep just coming after you and trying to put you on a cross. It's, it really does save you arguing. Cause before we remember how you used to argue with every single oh, person. We used to defend each them? other. You'd jump in for me. I'd jump in for you. It was crazy. <laughs> now it's not like that anymore. Now it's, now they, they fight for you. Now your new followers, mm-hmm. they fight for you. I'm like, I'd be getting tagged to the, I'm like, wow, they really going in. <laughs> <because of> this. <laughs> And, and the crazy thing is that, you know, when I can ignore them now, like before when people would troll me, I'd feel the need to like, like change them. Now, when someone trolls me, I'm like, you just don't get it. And here's the you other know, thing. When they troll awake. you, you have your following to go to bat for you as well. Right. Anytime there's a troll, you have a whole army to defend you too. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, I definitely it's want to give a shout out to those guys. It, I, I'd say I yeah. love you guys for actually standing up for me, sticking them up for me. When I got the whole CTE thing, they, it was so redundant that people were like, why do they keep using the same thing? You're not, right. you're not trying to bait, debate him on the information he's given. You just keep bringing up a mental disability. And they started to go to bat for me. So I got to give a shout out to those guys who follow me and ladies and women who, I mean, and fellas and they've actually followed me that go to bat for me, even though, you know, it's been a long road, but I, I love them for that. Yeah, it's, and the, and it's, it's the lowest it's, form of debate, the ad hominem attacks. And that's really all they have at this point because they can't really debate your ideas. So they resort to just slinging, you know, the most lazy acclaim that you could possibly make. Obviously, the correlation between LJ and CTE is the laziest thing they can do because they can't attack your ideas with anything. Right. They never can come with data or facts. And that that's pissed me off. I get, the, I get this one dude who literally, no matter what I tweet, he just puts a clown gif under it. And it's hysterical to me. Like, I'm never going to block him. I think it's hysterical. Like, whereas a month or two ago, I would have been like attacking this dude and putting him on blast. But I want to give the same message. I sent the same. I sent a tweet out similar to this the other day. You know, just I don't think you guys understand from Bob, from myself, from Larry. I'm speaking for Tripoli. I'm speaking for Sather. I'm speaking for Schroyer. Everyone out there. This is a movement. We are all on the same side. Whether it's God, whether it's Q, whether it's your own morals, whether it's your gut, whether it's your instincts, whatever it is, we all know what's going on. We are awake and we are out there to stop this. And LJ, the crazy thing when these worlds collide and how, you know, just fate just brings everyone together. You know, I ran into Tony Richardson and the FanDuel Sportsbook. He introduces me to you. We start talking conspiracies. We get on the same show. You go on Tripoli. You're on Alex Jones. I'm on Tripoli. Me and you are now back together. Tripoli wants to do a thing with the three of us. Like the way that we're all kind of coming together seamlessly and effortlessly is just, I mean, you can't do anything but think it's it's some sort of plan, right? It's like Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit, LJ, for the people who didn't hear the first episode we did together, give me a quick bio about kind of kind of your background. You being in this industry, I'm sure everyone knows, you know, superstar football player and all that, but just how you were kind of in there, 
you know, kind of hanging with Jay-Z and you've been to these parties and you've seen this stuff and then your kind of view on what you think's going on right now? To me, I I was around when it first started out. Like I was doing the Rockaware ads. I was in the clothing part of it when he had Rockaware. And of course, I got the chain, the Rockefeller chain. And, and that was the that was my image. My image was to be a football player and be a brand ambassador for Rockaware. And the closer I got to being my personality, I got closer and closer and closer to these people to where I was I, I could see myself as a test subject. Like they weren't really into like Jay had basketball players and all that. He, you know, he was really close with LeBron, but he had no one in the football side, really. So me being a part of the football brand, I became very close with them. Like I was going to their houses. I was hanging out with them on, you know, for their birthday parties. I would go on, on their private planes and, and onto the boats and all of that. And it's just being around that. And that added to being around Kanye a little bit to see what they become now, I think it's been a switch, just like a switch that's happened between me and you. Mm-hmm. It's a switch that happened with them where they put the pedal to the metal and say, you have to be all in or all out. And I think over the t- over the time of the years, it's just, they changed. Like they weren't the same people. I didn't see them throwing up the devil horns or I just didn't see all that Baphomet stuff until the Blueprint 3 album came out. And at that time, I was already distancing myself away from them because I kept getting in trouble. And it was a, it was funny enough, it was a bad image for him to be linked with me because of the domestic violence situations. Mm-hmm. And then it just, I happened to see, be only on the outside, I started to see them change. I started to see so much of the symbolism come up that I was like, they never acted like this when we were with them. Like, we were really cool. Like, being on the photo shoots and we were talking, laughing, joking about football, like that was the side I saw. I didn't see this the demonic side that it's, it's about them now where you could tell they changed. And even when I was I'm still friends with, you know, some of the people they that work for them and, you know, the bodyguard. But I just didn't see that from them until now. It's like it's been pushed in overdrive. And now everything has to do with Baphomet. Everything has to do with the mother goddess worship. And, it's you know, everything going from the masculine to the feminine. And you start to see that more. You start to see that these people really don't own themselves anymore. They have already given their soul and their life over to serving something of a lower denomination as far as Satan. And that's what I'm seeing now. And would you say that, so you're pretty certain that it just really wasn't going on this heavy? Because I think about that all the time. Me and Bobby talk about it. We're like, are we just seeing it more because we're awake now or is this really just getting to a level where it's just blatant? Like, so you think it wasn't as extreme and it's just started to really get this extreme. So we're not losing our minds. Right. I think, yeah, I think in the nineties, if you, if you go back and listen to hip hop songs and the songs that we love and really listen to them, your, your brain don't, it, it doesn't hit your brain as, as it did when you were like 1920, when you're hearing them in the club and you're going crazy and you're dancing. I think now that we become awakened to it, if you go back and hear some of those songs, those, some of those songs is really pushing Homo, homosexual undertones to it. Like I give you an example. Listen to remember when LL Cool J and Ca- and Cannabis got into that beef, and mm-hmm. then Cannabis recorded the second round knockout. Yep. Listen to that track. <laughs> Listen to that track again and see how homosexual it sounds. Like and even with Mike Tyson being on it, he talks about I'm going to eat, eat, eat MCs, and then Cannabis says you don't have the skills to to eat somebody's. I'm gonna say ass like me. I'm like, if you hear that again, you like, whoa, wow, yeah, I, then, I remember you that. Hear it, <laughs> yeah. And wow. Prodigy, Prodigy's a rapper that talks about was, it all the time. He actually called out Jay Z in his last album, which was 
coincidentally called the Hegelian dialectic. So if you want to look into the Hegelian dialectic, you know, that's another facet of this whole thing. But, you know, my my deal is music. So and it kind of correlates with with uh, sports as well, because I, you know, and all the music I listen to and I talk about this all the time. It's so in your face now, like in the 90s, it was more symbolic in the 80s. It was harder to see. And in the 70s, it was really discreet. But it's almost like a a transformation has occurred between the 90s and the early 2000s to where now, you know, you look at the award shows and we were talking about Billie Eilish, who just took down all these prizes showing up looking like a reptile. You know, I mean, it, it's 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 so in your face. And then when we look, you know, we I know we joked around about the halftime shows. But when you go back, just go back the last seven years and watch the halftime shows. And, and I don't know if it started with the Beyonce one. The Beyonce one was 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 pretty apparent. But I think it would. I think it started with Janet Jackson. It, it might have even started. Yeah, it might have even started there. You can go back even further than that. But and then you look at Jay-Z's relationship uh, with 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 being in charge of the Super Bowl production. And it's it's becoming what's your take. What's your take on that, LJ? Because that was the first Super Bowl production, I believe, L, uh, Jay-Z was in charge of. Right. And this was the most like symbolic Super Bowl I've ever seen from, a you know, children in cages, Baphomet on J-Lo's outfit, you know, tied up uh, everything. What, what's your take on that? I think they went to somebody who's creative. Obviously, Jay-Z is a brand that's known for being creative. So if you want to if you want to show a halftime show with all a bunch of Baphomet, Satanism and Luciferianism is it you go to a man who's creative enough to put that that through that it doesn't get through. Uh, as far as it doesn't get notified as quickly right. as like it disguise it. Right. You know I mean, yeah. So what and and. From your perspective, who do you think the top is? We had an argument on the last podcast, you know, who's going down? Is it Oprah bigger than LeBron? Like, would Oprah send bigger shockwaves through society than Barack would or than LeBron would? Who do you think is the top of that kind of Baphomet Illuminati food chain? Uh, or even if it's not that, even if it, I get. Yeah, even if it's not the first person at the top. Like, who are some people? Like, obviously, Jay-Z and Beyonce are up there. Who's up there? In your mind, you saw as far as entertainers, anything, whatever, wherever you want to go with it. I would say George Soros is almost at the top. Yeah. He's the same guy who funded Black Lives Matter. Like there, he's his hands into, into everything. If you look at you know the businesses and companies that he owned, a lot of that had to do with that whole Wuhan virus mm-hmm. that started out. That he owned some of those things. Like it starts from somewhere. Like, but I don't, I don't think, I think he's too big. At this point to go down because he has his fingers into everything. I think he's going to be the, it's always the the biggest guy is always going to be the last guy that gets popped. And I think they're just going to be giving you a little bit of names like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, the whole Jeffrey Epstein, maybe. But they're going to give you like Oprah, like they're going to just throw a tiny bit of pe- like people in there to get you thinking. But I think that the bottom line is, is somebody like George Soros. Yeah, yeah, the I reason why George, yeah, the reason why Soros is so important is because you know we always talk about who controls the money ha- yields the power, and that's how he you know he got his money through breaking the pound, and then when you look at how he's been reinvesting consistently, and he's a literal, I mean, he is a an actual outlaw in seven different countries. You know, he's known as like the hit and run guy, and so he's known for breaking down. Uh, economies, but also you got to look at where he's investing. Like he said in Black Lives Matter, Me Too movement, you know, a lot of these, even the David Brocks of the world, they're open societies. They're reinvesting in this, not just feminine, but just a globalist, socialist, communist agenda. 
And it's it, time and time you see it again. I mean, you we when we were talking about the Vegas shooting and you just looked up, you know, some of Soros's holdings. You know, you talked about well, that last. Episode. I actually have that in front. Did you know about this, Larry? Oh, no, Soros's holdings for the Vegas shooting. So my background, as you know, is from Wall Street, right? And when people were talking about George Soros, I, I immediately, I follow the money. I agree with you 100%. You know, I was wondering like who the top celebrities are. I think it's the Rothschilds. I think it's Soros. I think it's all those guys. Um, but in the Vegas shooting, an important piece of information a lot of people don't know, and I think only a stock trader would identify this, uh, individuals like Soros have to put their quarterly holdings, right? So every three months, you have to show what you own. So in May... Before the Vegas shooting, which was what, Bob, October? Yeah, early October. Uh, October. So in May, in May, his holdings were he owned like 3,000 shares of Las Vegas Sands, um, 5,000 shares of one other casino, I think it was Wynn, and no holdings of MGM, right? That was his total stock market casino exposure. In August, two months before the shooting, he dumped 100% of his uh, win. He dumped like 80% of his Las Vegas Sands. Keep in mind, he had 8,000 shares total invested. He bought 1.35 million shares of put options on MGM, which is betting on it to fall down. What the F are the odds that some dude who had a total holdings of $8,000 in May all of a sudden goes to seven figures in holdings shorting the casino market a month and a half before the shooting? Follow the yeah. money. I mean, yeah, follow the right. money. That's always yeah. what it comes down to. If you follow the money, it'll lead you to the truth a lot of times. So, LJ, I want you to talk a little bit about um, this Dwayne Wade situation. Let's go. Before we do that, actually, let me let you talk a little bit about, and I'll do it in the intro and in the outro, but you got to, you basically just stepped into the podcast world, right? So you were guest spots on, you know, my show, you were doing guest spots everywhere, right? You were on Alex Jones, you were all over the place. So you just started Sight of the Blind. So I want you to kind of give that a shout out, tell everyone where to find it, tell them what you're doing over there and what motivated you to do this. Uh, Sight to the Blind is a podcast. It's on, it's on iTunes. You can find it to every, where everybody else has had their podcast. You can find mine too. Mine's in the religion part because I do add a lot of, Bible and books that are taken out of the Bible into what's going on as far as current events. And I want people to understand that these things that are coming upon the earth, all these curses, famines, and even the overall society getting into pedophilia and homosexuality has already been a part of this world. We just are now opening our eyes to it. And so I, through my podcast, Sight to the Blind, I actually show you where in scripture these things come about and where the ending of those things come about. And it's all adding up to where we're at right now. And I think if you are a follower, if you're a believer, that you need to know the truth. And I think most people do not understand that the, the Revelation 3.9 part is that the synagogue of Satan, those who say they are Jews but are not, and you don't understand because you assume that the chosen people are the people in Israel. And I'm trying to wake people up that they are not, because if you look at the way the society's built up, the way movie industry to the music to the money is all dictated and controlled by a specific nation, which is the Jewish nation. And I'm trying to show people this is why things happen and this is why things keep rehearsed, re repeating themselves because of their stronghold on the society and is dumbing people down or putting people in fear. So I use my podcast to pretty much expose that. And and from a perspective, this dovetails into something me and you have talked about offline. 
What is your take on all this? Now, obviously, none of us are Nostradamus. I may call myself Nostradamus on Twitter, but you know, none of us know what's going to happen. None of us know dates. We're we're just basically connecting dots, and we're all kind of on the same page. But you know, it could be months, it could be years, it could be minutes before you know this kind of great awakening or storm, whatever you want to refer to it as, is complete. What do you see going on here? Why are all the CEOs stepping down? Give me a thing or two from the Bible that's being predicted, because I know I look at this as almost like the Great Flood. Bobby's looked at it as what the fall of Babel, right? So, you know, we've we all have kind of a different interpretation of it. But what do you see going on and where do you think this is going? Where I think this is going, the reason why you see the reason why you see a lot of the CEOs stepping down because they know, see, right now America is in is changing hands or changing money. So they need to stop all resources to come in, in and out so they can change over into what we, what we think is the new world currency. And by doing that, a lot of the CEOs know that this place is due for judgment and the most high is going to judge America. People don't think so. This is what happens when you murder, skin, decapitate, molest, torture, young children, that sin is going to be judged on those who are in power. Now, all those CEOs that's dropping out, they're running. They have to run into their bunker. So that's why a lot of the celebrities are trying to send all these weird come help me texts or these come help me videos. Save me is because they know they they see everyone running. And that's what's going on. I'll give you a, a Bible verse. Isaiah 221. They will flee to the caverns and the rocks and to overchanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and to the splendor of his majesty. When he rises to shake the earth, they know judgment is coming for them. They understand that part. That's why they they go by uh, in New Zealand and in all these places and these bunkers. Oh, yeah, 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 all those. The yeah. They're hiding for those things. They 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 know that destruction is coming, and it could be in a form of nuclear uh, holocaust or anything else. But they know that judgment is going to happen, so they have to start running now to get to those bunkers. And all the Hollywood celebs. I mean, you could remake one of those. You can clone those and just you know, and make more, you, you can make a celebrity so that so those guys who ran the world, they are, they're letting their subordinates take, take the helm and they go run. And Bob, I know you want to kick in in a second. Let me just hit one more thing. And I know you got some Bible. No, nah, keep going. Bro. All right. So Larry, you mentioned something to me also about the celebs, because me and Bob were talking about these celebs are going to be the signals, right? Like the real evil is in the CEOs, even worse than the stuff. I mean, maybe you talk Clintons and stuff like that next level. But the the ones who control the money are the ones who control the celebs. So it's almost like, you know, chain of command type thing. So you were saying something to me about how the CEOs have bunkers and the celebs don't. Right. So elaborate on that. Uh, it, it, CNN ran a, a expose or whatever of how all these doomsday bunkers are now being primed. Like now you if you. You could just Google Doomsday Bunker. All these billionaires. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about five, ten million. I'm talking people who are billionaires are making bunkers within the ground, are having their places held like everything is being changed for them underground. And they have bunkers, tunnels, all of this for people who are known to run the world as what the new world order will be. They are going to hide out there. So when they come back on Earth. They think they can just start over from scratch and do what they really wanted to do by their own rules. Like, uh, you know, the Atlanta, I forgot what it's called, the Atlanta Gravestone. What do they call it? Mm-hmm. That, uh, I, don't, I, I know what that, you're talking about. You know, that, that. they want to go into that. So having population reduced down to 500 million and be able to run their little new world order. 
You don't need that with celebrities. You just don't. So I think giving up a couple of celebrities to jail over pedophilia, it'll make it, it'll make this whole thing look good because this world runs on celebrity. We care more about celebrities than the person who's paying the celebrity. So that's why those guys have all the control to come back and do whatever they want. They can just make a celebrity. So celebrities really have no power. We just follow them for a lifestyle. We need them. We, we choose them so because they want us to change our lifestyle into what they want us to be, which is where you get all this masking and the feminine. You get Dwayne Wade. You get, you know, LeBron James and his daughter having a YouTube cooking channel, which is very odd to me. But this is what you get from that. You know, these celebrities really don't have any power. And Bobby, they're you, they're essentially yeah. useful idiots. That's kind of what the, the term is. And, you know, speaking to like the, the underground military bases, I know we touched upon that with Nick Hinton in the Denver airport being two billion dollars uh, over budget. Uh, so as one of the epicenters of these deep underground military bases. And one of the things I follow in a lot of the anonymous boards is people sharing information of strange earthquakes occurring across um, the United States and really globally. And a lot of people think that these deep underground military bases are actually being attacked right now and being destroyed. So there is an underground war going on right now that we don't see in front of our eyes. But the stuff that we can see on the surface, and I know we joked around about this coronavirus draft, but that was just kind of an entertaining way of us, say, of us saying, listen, this is what we see and this is what we think is happening. Right. We know that the, there are celebrities that are handlers and they're also ripe for the picking when this stuff starts to happen. You're going to see some of these people start to panic, um, whether it like we said, it's a tainted adrenochrome or whether they're just being, you know, they're going to be sacrificed for whatever reason. You're starting to see strange videos. And it's not just people like us, like Larry and me and Tommy. It's people like Joe down the street texting you oh. saying, did you just see that Madonna video last week? Yeah. You know, Larry, you said it early, and Bobby, I agree with you with these man-made natural disasters. We've talked about that a hundred times, how they can control the weather. Earthquakes, fire, earthquakes, they're you know, all man-made. You know, that's that's the way. You're, you've seen a rash of those lately. But LJ, you said it earlier on where you said, you know, your boys, right? Like the same people that were calling you crazy. It was the people closest to you that thought, I still get it, right? Like my best friends are still like, you're a nut job. But I've been able to turn them in the last three weeks. And that's what's really like empowering, like, we now, these celebrities, the symbolism will be their demise, right? And uh, I, I believe there was a book that was written once that mentioned that we shouldn't be following false idols either. So, you know, the funny thing about this is they're almost turning the gun on themselves, right? Like now that they don't have their handlers around them, they don't have their production teams, they don't have all this, they're running out of adrenochrome, we're starting to see them either slip up or signal. And I've had so many... 25 to 35 year old girls that I went to high school with or hooked up with back in the day, or I'm just friends with who are looking at my Instagram stories and are like, yo, is this real? Like everyone's waking up right now and it's beautiful. And the thing is, they, this is where they made a mistake. They made the biggest mistake is putting people in the house. So what do you do when you're in the house? You're on your phone twice as much. So mm -hmm. if you're, if you still have people you're connected to, they're going to have no other thing, nothing else to do but to watch your videos and to read what you say because everybody else is starting to be awakened and read what you say. We are waking up more people during quarantine than we have the whole year. The only yeah, right. They're not letting anybody do anything else. And that's the stupid part on their, on their side. That is why I feel they're getting all these military vehicles ready just in case that 
people come waking up so much, they start to purge and because they're fed up. If people are going to be fed up, and I think that's what's going to be the downfall in this whole coronavirus thing is that people are going to be like, this ain't even real anymore. They're going to figure that part out sooner or later. Right. They should by now. I mean, you know, we've been talking about it from the beginning, but it's from the Dwayne Wade perspective. It's just funny because, Bobby, remember I told you the other day I feel like I'm in the Matrix? Yeah. Like, yeah, like I feel like I'm deep in the Matrix, right? Like, I'm at a point right now where I feel like I – and it's dangerous, right? Like the Peter Principle, everyone rises to their own level of incompetence. But I'm sure you've experienced this, Larry, right? Like where you start telling people stuff and it just starts coming through. And it just starts coming true. And you start to feel like you're Nostradamus, right? And that's dangerous. We can't ever feel like we're too powerful. But things are just happening. And the first thing I said, I said, we're bringing LJ on tomorrow. It's going to be a banging episode. He's been on fire on Twitter, by the way, at 2LarryJohnson7. I'll say it in the intro and on the outro. But you have to follow Larry. But what are the chances, bro, that we're texting last night before you went to sleep about the show and you know what you want to talk about and we didn't even connect and then that night Dwayne Wade who is one of the bigger things that you were in the papers for you were on the news for and everyone was calling you a psychopath because you were saying Dwayne Wade sacrificed his child you were in TMZ you were on the New York Post you were everywhere people calling you crazy and now he does that with that video explain the video and take your damn victory lap, boy, because that like you took a lot of heat for that. Man. You deserve this. I mean, now people really are starting to come to my page because it wasn't like I was ta- like it's, it's a difference between pointing out something to mock or pointing out something to inform you. And I think they saw me trying to inform people. This is what it was. It's it's just like old school Jewish Babylonian mysticism. It's like the Kabbalah. That's what all this comes from. It's not nothing new under the sun. He's this has been done before over and over and over. So when I gave it to people, they tried to say, oh, I'm homophobic. I'm a trans. Well, what did you see? Tell them what you saw back then. Walk them through it for those that missed it. As, as, as far as what I saw with yeah, him. As far as what, what triggered you and what you said as far as him and his son. Right. See, this is the thing is I've been around his son and my daughter played before. All right. you know, I didn't ever say this, I, but his, his wow. I've been in the presence of his son. I've been in the presence of presence of him. I, my, my child played around. We played. We are bowling together. You know what I mean? We've been, I've been in this child's presence and I, I observed. Yeah, he's a fun, he was a fun kid to be around. Very fun. There was no parts of him that when I saw that made me think that he would be feminine. Right. It just didn't, I just didn't see it. So I know that the, the, it says in the Bible, the devil has a lot, has a short time. He know he, he know he has to speed everything up because his time is short. So when I saw Dwayne Wade post the picture of his son happened to be in a halter top, happened to have his nails painted and have him posed in a way that you would be able to see both to make it look like it was relaxed. I knew that what that agenda was. He has to change because he had just gotten t- TNT. Now I'm thinking that why wasn't D like wh- wh- you're Dwayne Wade. You have made money for the NBA. You could just chill. Why would you want to be in television? Why would you want to be that to be in that light? But he wanted to be in it. So what, happens is they have to give you something they have you have to work for that and what it is is in a sacrifice either you what he did before he had another child outside of his marriage that was one embarrassment ritual then he wanted more so then you know he ends up having his child say that you know calling his son his daughter and it wasn't even natural you see how magic son magic johnson's son how he changed over time it's like it's night and day with Dwayne wade it's like they rushing 
Mm-hmm. This image in front of everybody, and I could. What about Snoop? Like, Snoop, same thing, right? Like Snoop's dog, and, Snoop Dogg's son was in a documentary being one of the top football players in the country, and right after Snoop bashes uh, Gail King for the Kobe comments, I mean, damn, it was like three days later. He's in drag and a magazine cover. It doesn't happen that fast. I'm sorry, you just don't go from I'm a guy on the football field to. I want to be wearing makeup and wearing a blouse. It doesn't happen that fast unless you are in those secret societies where you have already gone into your Kabbalistic torture, tormenting, sexual, abusive behavior. Like, like look at Will Smith and, and his and his daughter. Like they have already been through this at early ages. So that's when you watch them. You know, they're already screwed up. You could just tell they have already been under the mind control programming. With, with Snoop's son, it's because they have to force it. So he had done his all that that stuff overnight. So then when you see him, he's like, boom. He's just changed into a different altar that he's all of a sudden feminine now. And yeah, he's begging, and, on, begging at the red table in front of Jada. Like well, and that's the later. thing, you know, when LJ talks about mind control, you know, we're not just speaking allegorically here. We're, we're talking about whether it's MKUltra or the Monarch mind control programs. These are actual real things. And so you'll see symbolism throughout. And, and I always allude to music. Watch the music videos. Watch symbolism. You'll see butterflies. You'll see things like bathtubs. You'll see, you know, throwing up hush symbols, putting their finger over over an eye, you know, blood rituals, all the all these things. And even, you know, like you alluded to, um, you know, the public humiliation ritual. Some of the public humili- humiliation rituals happen in the music videos. Um, and so it, 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 the thing is, it sounds crazy in isolation, but like we said all the time, I have people all the time texting me. Did you see this music video? Did you watch this Avicii video where they're talking about human trafficking? Did you watch this Rihanna video where, th- where she's bathing in blood? Did you watch this Eminem video where he's in a pool of blood? And, and, you know, did you watch this other video where there's, uh, you know, symbolism to butterflies, the same people that thought, me and Tommy and LJ were crazy two years ago are now coming around and seeing it, you know? So all you have to do is kind of put the breadcrumbs out there and point people in the right direction so that they can find it for themselves. And eventually that cognitive, cognitive uh, dissonance will ultimately break down in the end. And, and, you know, just touching upon the music, if you look at even the, the, the foundation of our music, which is blues, blues and jazz, uh, Robert Johnson, one of the, the myths of music is that he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. And it's very close to where I live. And the myth was that he went away, sold his soul, came back, and he was given worldly talents and fame. And it sounds like myth, but the theme comes up time and time again in the music industry. And there's actually documentation from friends of his that said, yes, Robert Johnson had no talent. He goes away for three months, come back, said he sold his soul, and now he can play the blues. And he's known as the king of blues, which is really the foundation of a lot of the music we listen to. And, and even really just more specifically, for those that listen to music, the blues scale contains a dissonant tone and they call it the devil's note. And when you listen to it, you can hear it because it's a very dissonant tone. We talk a lot about frequencies, mind control, vibrations, vibrations, brain manipulations. These things are all very real, whether it's the frequency of the music you listen to or or the, the scale or the repetitive nature of the music. Or like we talked about with the law of reversal in music, all of these are like almost like spells. You can call them witchcraft. You can call it the occult. Um, but these things have been 
popping up for me, at least in the music industry, as I look back on all the catalogs that I'm listening to, I can't listen to 95% of the music I grew up listening to now that I've seen it. Yeah, whenever you look back, like LJ, do you believe in it? Because Bobby's talked about this before on podcast. Do you believe whether it's the adrenochrome, whether it's the devil, whether whatever you want to, however you want to refer to the evil, right? We all have our different forms of evil. Do you believe that there is actually this power that they can gain? Can their jump shots get better? Can their music get better? through any of this dark magic and witchcraft that they're doing? That's pretty much all it is. It's lesser magic. If you watch any magician, and I'm talking about the really good ones like Chris Angel, uh, Blaine, those type of guys, if you watch, it's they have to be, they're in league with demonic spirits. Now, a lot of people talk about this. This is how one of the demonic spirits really mess with you. A lot of people feel sleep paralysis. You know how when you wake up and you can't move and like you frozen in bed and it, it takes you a while to go. They have tried to scientifically explain that away, but that's just a lower form of demonic energy. It's the demonic energy that's trying to get you into a covenant for something to happen in your waking life. That is how that operates. So if you, you look at all the magicians and how they can make cards move and guess your card, all of that is nothing but demonic energy. And I think people keep confusing that with magic that, Oh, it's just a trick. It's not. They, go into their little seances or whatever they do. They draw pentagraphs on the ground. They light candles. They do blood sacrifices. They, eat, they drink and eat blood. They do all of that just to do something like lesser magic, which is to guess your favorite color, guess your favorite card, or make a card levitate or make themselves levitate. That is about as far as it could go. But they have to do a lot to prove that and laughed a lot to show that. You saw Juice World. That guy did a, a, mm -hmm. a four seance pentagram uh, Say on thing right in front of everybody. And that's what it takes to go into one of these, you know, these record contracts and then produce a song that everybody loves. It's very catchy songs. Like if you look at how Jay-Z raps before Jay-Z rap, it was very fast. If you go to some of his earlier work, he was a fast rapper. Now you see him like he says he doesn't write anything down. That's basically demons talking to him or working through him to be able to to chant and be able to, to rap and not having to write everything down. And now he, his, his, his tempo of rapping is a lot slower than when he originally came out. And now he's famous. So it's, you know, it's, it's something, but it's, it's not magic. It's, it's very demonic. Do you think it's more now, and I noticed this in, in rock and roll and, and, and hip hop, it's more about the repetition than it is about like the lyrics or, or the dialogue. It's more about just getting the message and repeating it in almost like a trance-like form because you know, in rock, we have this, well, really in all music, you have this thing called a hook. And, you know, the real music fans will sing the verses, but the the casual fans will repeat the hook. And it's the repetitive nature of the hook that really sinks into your brain. And so I think the emphasis more now is on the hook than anything else, because that's what gets you into that trance. So, You've talked about that before, Larry, that that kind of repetition it's all, thing, right? It's all reversed. Like the best rap songs, it's the 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 lyric is the hook, and the hook yeah. is the actual song. It's right. it's it's like it's reversed. Like you hear more of a repetitive as soon as the song starts out, it's repetitive chorus, chorus, chorus. They'll throw maybe like one or two lyrics, but then it's chorus. The whole song is the chorus. That's all it is nowadays. Yeah, it's just straight straight chorus. A lot of times they'll start with the hook. Usually the hook doesn't come until you know after a verse, but now the hook is right there in the beginning. Yeah, go on, Larry. I cut you off there. No, it's, it's that's what basically what it is. If you listen to any. 
these mumble rappers is what they call them. Like they mumble, and until they get to the hook, that's when you really everybody really digests and, and like the frequency you were talking about, the tritone, the the devil's tone. Like that is that goes into your brain. That's all they need to get you into leagues with them is to listen to the hook and sing the hook so proudly that you go out and just live that life. And they're not worrying about what they say during the lyrics. Like, and the, if you go to a club. Most what do they do when they play music in most clubs? They they literally just only play the chorus and the hooks anyway. So and, that's and, the only part they want you to learn. They don't care about what they say in the beginning, in the middle of it. And that's one where so Bobby's in like Bobby's actually in a band. He's a guitarist, all that. Um, you listen to a ton of hip hop when you were young. You grew up with Jay Z and in this industry, right? I listen to a lot of hip hop. I listen to a lot of rock. But my main thing, so I, I could relate to both your sides. I was a DJ in the EDM world. Yes. Right? So I was DJing raves and underground music, which I mean, you want to talk about vibrations and repetition. You want to talk about and, you fitting know, the some, profile. Yeah, you, yeah like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to, you're about to do that demonic threat on me, aren't you, Bobby? <laughs> I, I, I can't wait. Bobby's Bobby's putting together. I found this out, Larry. He's putting together a thread on why I am possibly part of the cabal and he's going to post it on Twitter. So I know he's doing it because I saw him going through my Facebook and posting pictures. So but. Yeah, when I was a DJ, and that brings it home, I, I didn't really even think about this as much. I can't listen to EDM anymore. When I was a DJ, the whole, and it, first of all, it was all records. It was never, you know, knobs and stuff that CDs and discs and MP3s and stuff. Like, there's no talent in that. But we used to drag out to, for, the, for the drop. You would, dr the best DJs in the world, Jonathan Peters in New York City and all the best DJs around the world would drag that out for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. There was one time JP at Sound Factory dragged, a, dragged the beat and saved the drop for 47 minutes. He dragged it out with everyone just sitting there on the edge of their seat, like drop it. And it's nowadays I go to, the, whenever I was going to the clubs or anything like that, like they don't even play the whole song. They're literally just doom, 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 doom. And then they go to the next song, doom, 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 doom. It's this, it's insane. It's this. I, I I don't even know what happened. Here's the other where thing. music went. All of our worlds are connecting. So, for example, hip hop, Jay Z, Aleister Crowley, right? So you see him wearing that uh, as above, so below, and and practicing the Crowley and rituals. Led Zeppelin, huge Black Magic, Aleister Crowley. In fact, they recorded in his estate. I think one of the band members purchased his estate. In sports, Aleister Crowley references. Uh, through um, through Kyrie Irving, uh, so you're seeing, wow. a, a, yeah, all you know, you're seeing sports, you're seeing hip hop, you're seeing, and even rock Avicii. And roll. I mean, you could talk about Avicii. Avicii was well, Avicii, yeah, Avicii was murdered. I think he was trying to expose. Avicii it. was doing videos, uh, and I'm assuming most people know Avicii is one of the biggest EDM DJs in the world. But Avicii was doing videos. If you look at Avicii's last video, it's a complete sex trafficking video. That's yeah. why there's people in the back of trucks, there's kids in underwear, there's you know. Get guys in hoods like it's a complete sex trafficking video and i believe that was the last video he did but you know being so deep into this lj i think this is something people don't understand that when i talk or when bobby talks we're talking through research you lived this like you lived with these people like when, when we're talking about Dwayne wade's son your child has played with his child and i think people need to understand that you don't get attacked much anymore because your words have been coming true but I think people need to recognize that when they're going at you on Twitter and stuff like you're not talking to Tommy G. You're talking to someone who knows these people personally and and hung out in this crowd. Right. Like that's important. Once people get past uh, I'm doing this for cloud or I'm doing it because they don't want to hang out with me anymore. Spiel. 
they need to understand. Like I'm observant. I've always been observant. And when I've watched people change over time, I know something's wrong with them. I, I just been always observant of people's behavior. And then I started being, you know, self-observant for my own behavior that I've changed a lot. So if I'm looking at other people, if I looked at myself and understood that I don't do the same things I did when I was 20 in my, in my earlier 30s, I also observe others and their relation to me at that point. And I, I've seen them change. And so it's not I'm trying to expose them because I'm. I'm upset that Jay-Z won't talk to me or or Dwayne Wade or any all my friends who are in the entertainment business or trying to get in the entertainment business as, oh, because they don't don't want me around to be friends anymore. It's, it's really not that. I've seen where I could have gone. And I'm talking about I've been in places or I've been in holes where I've seen something from the, I've seen things from the spiritual world that are, were around me that didn't even scare me at the point that they should have scared me then. It didn't scare me. That's how normalized all of this behavior was for me. And so I, if I can stop people from going down that same road and worshiping these false idols and getting too close, you know, and underneath the day, you know, the dragon's wing, I'm going to say something because I don't want people to fall into that hole because you have to be really strong to get up out of rock bottom. If you've been there two or three times, some people, especially this weak society, when it comes oh, come yeah. to like weak men and children, they are so scared to hit rock bottom. I'm trying to save you from hitting it. Right. And, yeah. and learn, learn from me, right? Like go about. Yeah, sure. And, you know, just to kind of like, you know, allude to what he's talking about. You have to look at, if you look at, even if you look at your brain as like a computer, okay, the subversive nature of this stuff is uploading data into your brain. And so you're programmed. This is a literal programming of your mind. And so what our job is, or even you call it a hypnosis, we're trying to snap that finger uh, to just kind of awaken yourself to the trance that you've been in. The subversive nature of this is, is a literal installation of certain thoughts and ideologies into your brain. And when you experience this, this reprogramming or you're installing software and uploading new software, there's going to be that period of your life where you're going to go to that um, defense mechanism. Like for what Larry was saying, where like people, oh, you got CTE, all this stuff. That's your defense mechanism because you're afraid of uploading new information because you have a literal programming in your brain. The and cognitive so dissonance, cognitive right? dissonance, once you break down that barrier then you're you're opening like when we talk about keeping an open mind, you're literally beginning to open your mind to new information. Once that happens, you start seeing things like this, certain worlds colliding, you separating yourself from certain things and re and introducing yourself or reintroducing yourself, you know, to other pathways. And this is how things like me, Tommy G and Larry, if you would have told me a year ago that I'd be speaking with my cousin and, you know, former NFL player you know, on a podcast, I would think you guys were crazy. And we're all talking about the same thing. You know, like yeah, I, I got turned on to Larry Johnson character. with the tweet he talked about with the uh, the feminization agenda. I said, whoa, is that the same Larry Johnson that I had on my fantasy football team? I'm going to follow him <laughs> right now. And you know? funny, the LJ, I was just going to tee over this. Bob, check your text. I just got something from Kurt. Okay. Um, LJ, I was, uh, was going to tee over this. The feminization thing was really the thing that kind of turned me on to, right? Like about, that was kind of like your your Trojan horse into the end. Talk to me about why, because I, I know why Bobby knows why explain to the people why feminization is such an important part of this process. Because we have to, because we want to idolize our athletes. So the biggest thing to get us to sterilize ourselves 
is to make men feminine. If you make men feminine enough, women are going to be turned on or women are not going to be as attracted to men who are feminine. Feminine men will get into eventually homosexuality. And if you understood Greek and Roman behavior, perverted perversion behavior in those old times, all of them had had orgies and sex with each other. The whole thing about the 300, they were all sex buddies. Mm -hmm. So if you can get men to no longer want to reproduce on a spiritual level, to bring children in, to expose what this world really is, that's the only reason this world is, is going to where it's going is because men no longer want to reproduce righteously. They all are going to want to be together having sex with each other the women because they're being they're being grafted into masculinity so all the women are dating each other they're not uh, producing so really we are our own planned parenthood we are already aborting each other before we even have sex so we're sticking to you know whatever the guys are doing with the guys and, and it's on the back of these NBA players. Now, NFL is a lot. You have to go through a lot of players <laughs> to find one who's going to, you know, do the whole feminization thing. Wearing I mean, they have stuff like that. But you need a lot. But, but NBA, because you you see them, you see you don't, they don't have any pads on and all that, and you can see the the runway show that these guys put on. I mean, you see the outfits that some of these guys wear going into these stadiums and going into these games. It's not even for business anymore. It's really to feminize. Younger men to look at another man in a sexual manner. So you will already not want to be with women. Sooner or later, you're just going to try to be with men. If Even if you don't want to, it's going to be one of those times those guys are going to... This, this generation is big on popping pills. It's going to be a time where they're going to be on a uh-huh. Xanax or on a Vicodin, and you're just going to see your homeboy, and then you, it's going to go from there. It, they don't even need to set you up. It's going to go from there. If you're watching basketball, NBA basketball, and you're watching these guys dress and you're watching the behavior that they have, it's going to sooner or later go to that. So this is why I th- me calling it out, it's just, it's to me, it's it, that's like the biggest form of mind control is and it's brainwashing you to an extent to where you're just aborting what you were made to do. And it's, and it's for us, for me, you and Bob it, and others, it's blatantly obvious for other people that are just like, they give the excuse, I'll just, well, that's just the style, right? Like that's what everyone. Well, that's just the style. And my question is always, why, why, <laughs> why, why is the, why, why don't you go one effing level deeper? Why is that the style? Like, have you ever thought of that? Since when did we go from thousands of years? Like we started at cavemen, right? Like clubbing women over the head and bringing them in the caves, and then you know we went all the way up to my grandfather and your grandfather and Bobby's grandfather, who's my grandfather who were alpha men, right? Like my grandpa was like in the mafia, right? So that's like hundreds and thousands of years of complete alpha male masculinity. That was sexy. That's what the women like. That's what a man was. And then all of a sudden in 20 years, we're wearing purses and dresses. Like why? How? It's the devil. It's whether it's not the devil himself, if you don't believe in heaven and hell, God, devil. It's the people who believe in the devil. The thing I always tell everyone, LJ, you don't have to believe that the devil is real. As long as Hillary Clinton does, and as long as LeBron James does, and as long as these people do, then they will act as if, even if the devil is not really there, correct? Correct. And, and I think that's what people are missing. The people who aren't religious are like, well, there is no devil, so there's no... What? 
because you don't believe you don't believe in God. If you're an atheist, does that mean people don't believe in God? So I think it's part of this androgynous mission, right? Like androgyny is a key component to this new world order that they're forming, right, Larry? If you look at the character, look at the characteristics in the Bible of Satan. He was the most beautiful angel. He was beautiful. If you look at the Bible as as a gender, the Bible is a very masculine, a very masculine piece of work. It's it's, it's masculine. It, it, you don't really find much women doing, you know, Black Widow. You know, you don't see them do that Avenger stuff in the Bible. It's all it's basically men, masculine men. So if you don't believe in the Satan or believe in Luciferianism, all you got to do is they're going to do everything opposite of what the Bible says. So if it says, let the man be the head of the household, Satan's going to trick you and say the women should be at the head of the household. And it kind of snowballs from there. If you don't want you to be, uh, if the Bible says not be gay, this world is going to tell you, go be gay. That's it's, it's everything is the opposite of the Bible. That's this way. This world is inverted. So if people from the top up to bottom down all believe in the fallen nature of a man, they're all going to push the same thing because it because it, it's the opposite of the Bible. That's that's pretty much the easiest road to look. Look at what's going on in the world today. Look at the Bible. The Bible is going to say not to do it. This world is going to say to do it. And that's the that's about as simple, simple as I can make it. Well, Bobby, I mean, yeah, you when you're talking about yeah. inversion, I mean, look at one of their symbols, the the inverted pentagram, the upside down pentagram, which represents the feminine. We're not saying, fem, you know, the feminine is evil, but the bypass of man is evil. And you don't have to look deep into the Bible, even if you're a Bible newbie, to understand the original sin and what, what happened in that and where the serpent, you know, went through the woman, right? Ate the fruit. And then what did Adam do? Listen to the woman ate the fruit it's the bypass of the man and the um the giving into the feminine like if we talk about a hierarchical structure god man woman child and you take away one of the links of the chain that's how these the evil can you know get into these different orifices of, of society. So that's why you're seeing things like this, like the Me Too movement, Believe All Women. You hear things like toxic masculinity. You hear things like misogyny. All of these things to break down the man. Or even things like, you know, we don't need the man in the household. Let's replace it with government aid, right? We don't need the man in the house. The woman, you know, these higher up, like the nuclear family is now the enemy. You know, these types of yeah. things. Like these are these are all... I mean, this is stuff that's been happening realistically for a long time, but it's it's in full force. And honestly, since the, in my opinion, the death of JFK, but um, you're seeing it more and more and it's becoming more a societal norm. And all we're trying to say is, is that it is not by accident. This is by design. And so we have to reprogram ourselves before we lose it entirely. I think that's and kind I of- th and yeah. yeah, no, you're, no, you're right, Bob. That was a fantastic point. And Larry, I think- they're weaponizing the social justice bullshit, right? Like they're weaponizing the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, male talks, believe all women, all that kind of stuff. I think, and then what happens is if we call it out, like that's what we talk about, the beauty of our new followings, right? Where we're speaking to more like-minded people than we were six months ago. And we're not just getting attacked by social justice warriors and, and, and you know, clowns, but well, I don't think any of us are saying, regardless of your religious preference or not, I won't speak for Larry, but no one's saying we're anti-people, you know, being gay, anti-women, anti-feminization. That's not what's being said. That's what gets twisted. We're just pointing out a societal programming that's taking place, and any extreme is not good. 
whether it's men taking too much power and women being completely inferior like it was back in the day, or if men being looked at as the devil and women taking over the world, both sides are terrible, right, Larry? I mean, that's that's my thing on it. To me, to be called me anti-Semite and homophobic, transphobic, it's nonsense to me. I don't, I'm really repeating what God had said in the Bible. Now, obviously, if I know that this system and this society attacks the Bible to to really to get everyone to throw it in the trash. I know what's been said in it must be true because it's the only doctrine that's ever been attacked since the day we were born. So I'm going just repeating what's in the Bible. I, that doesn't make me a transphobe, homophobe, or not. I already know where you're going. It's already been said you're going to hell. Like I'm not telling you you're going. It's been said you're going to go. Now, if you want to wrap around wrap your head around that that concept, that's on you. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just repeating what's been said and what's been true for two, two to three thousand years. Like I, I, you're fighting the wrong person. I'm just the messenger. And here's right. the other and, 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 yeah. and the beauty of real quick to kick in. That's the beauty of us all being different, right? Like I personally, I have, I have friends that are gay. I have, you know, I'm, I'm actually pro gay marriage. I, we all can have different stances on everything from a religious perspective, from a, but I'll still point out the feminization. Now this is getting ridiculous and need to stop this shit. Like I have no problem having a difference of opinion on certain things than Larry or Bobby, you know, me and Bob, Bobby, you're probably more, you know, uh, religious than I am. Right. Like I'm not very religious. I'm becoming more, I'm on a journey back. Right. Like I feel like I was religious initially. I went dark. And now I'm kind of working my way back through conspiracy theory, right, Bob? Which is which is odd. Yeah, I kind of had a similar path as well. Grew up, you know, Catholic, going to uh, Catholic schools, uh, you know, reading about the Bible more from a uh, educational standpoint, really, than you know, I associate it with school rather than with philosophy and um, you know, histor- historical elements. So I I had a bad association with it. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Part of the reason why I went more to the atheistic side is because of the music I listened to. And now I'm self-aware of stuff like that. So, yeah, I am on kind of like a hero's journey back towards uh, religion and spirituality. But, you know, LJ brought up a good point about, about the fact that there is a doctrine that's been under attack. And, and if you notice, it's the one doctrine that is consistently attacked. You never call anybody names when you're attacked you know, when you attack that specific doctrine. And, um, and so that makes me think that there's a certain doctrine out there that is, uh, you know, that has some truth to it and validity to it. And that's why I'm, I'm being drawn back into it. With that being said, even, you know, and I'm sure, Larry, you could probably allude to this, the part of the manipulation process, and when we talk about compartmentalization, and when I talk about the Catholic Church, I'm not talking about the people that go to church and believe in God and, and, and believe it. We're talking about the people at the top trying to um, hope, trying to priests. manipulate the message, right? Trying to invert the message and trying to create a false message, right? So, I, and Larry, you could probably definitely go into further detail about do you think that the Bible has been manipulated over time? Um, I know. You probably know about like the Council of Nicaea and stuff like that, where do you think that how how here's my real question. How early do you think um, there was manipulation going on within Christianity in order to uh, dilute the message and to like uh, attack the religion? Yeah, corrupt it. Yeah, I I would say it started. I think it was it was two. It was actually two factions that attacked it. I from the Jewish Kabbalah that came from distorting the Torah. 
which was when the Bible was in Hebrew context. And I think through the Council of Nicaea, it kind of changed and warped it into pagan Christianity. It, mm-hmm. it, because of Nero and giving the believers to the lions and that those games that he had, Constantine came in and was like, look, I'm tired of seeing this bloodshed and it's not working. These people are willing to be mauled by lions and, and want to be candlesticks around our cities. So he basically formed the church to be pagan. He he, he kind of brought in Christmas, brought in Easter. Now, if we can get them to, to be okay with the pagan and we sell it as Christianity and it's given to this and have it change a different name, that's when I think it all kind of snowballed over. And people, it's really funny to me that people don't understand where their religion comes from. And it's it was born out of blood. It was born out of torture to get everybody to accept paganism. And that's basically what most Christians are. They don't believe, think they are. Most Christians are pagans and they all sign up to celebrating Halloween, which is to Satan is their biggest sacrifice. Right, month. Yeah, that's and then the, that's you, their Christmas. You know, it's not that bad. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy that you to, to believe that. But yeah, the Bible's even been tampered with. And I'm talking about up to now. There's verses missing out of the King James. And if they're in all these different versions, they're changing the words. They're changing them to like, uh, these new world order names. So if it, if it doesn't say heathen, it'll say nation. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't be able to find out who's due for judgment because they've been changing the names and changing the verses or leaving verses out. That is why if, if any of all believers in the Most High or in God start to buy the, the Sefer Bible, it's the only work of Hebrew work of art where you get the original names and everything in original context. Because if you do anything from the King James and if it's digital, they have already tampered with it. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that, like what you were talking about with a lot of the name changing. Even when I went to service with my mother recently, a lot of the chants and the rituals had name changes, and that's kind of that double speak. And the globalist agenda is all about double speak. Like when I told Tommy, and we were talking about the song "Imagine" by John Lennon. You know, it sounds like a beautiful song, but it really, when you look at it, it's a New World Order agenda song. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. Imagine there's no religion. The world will live as one. And they advertise it as this benevolent thing. But realistically, when you break it down, it has double meaning to it. So that, And that's, that's the funny thing, that that's the song, guys, that the all those celebrities put out. Literally just last week. That's the song they chose to use when all the celebrities sang a verse of that song that went trending oh, on they, Twitter. They, they brought it at the wrong time. That was the wrong <laughs> I mean, time. like, is that signal? Was that the first signal? Was that like the first? Like, that obviously was intentional. Dude, that right, seemed like a roll call. Right. It did. And then you know what it is? It's funny. It's like a roll call as in they're trying to combat. Now, obviously, they knew that we were watching Ellen, we were watching David Spade and Tom Hanks. They thought that if they put this video out, it could show unification that like, we still love the celebrities. And people really ate through that song and be like, like leave it up to celebrities at a time that we're being social dissonance and in quarantine, they want to draw it to themselves. They want to worship, mm-hmm. have us worship them at a time that people are dying in a virus. They really picked the wrong time to sing that song. <laughs> well, you know what it is? The tricks ain't working no more, LJ. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I have a lot of people out there who don't really know what's going on because, you know, a little bit of knowledge is a very dangerous thing too. I think that's, you know, why LJ does the site to the blind, you know, whereas, you know, you've gotten more into this, you know, pushing the message out while we started doing three No Mercy podcasts a week instead of one every two weeks. Like, because a little bit of knowledge is very dangerous too. Bobby, we talk about this a lot. 
you know, someone on the phone, like once you teach people a little bit, they start to jump on everything and you can almost discredit the whole, the, everything you're talking about if you're not careful with your friends, right? Like if you jump yeah. out too fast. And My- that's what I'm seeing a lot on Twitter with some of the newer people who are waking up. Like, yeah. they're like, it could be literally a butterfly across, like, fly across Malik their Obama? window, and it's like Satan's here. You Even know, like Malik Obama. Like, check his Twitter out. Like the last, have you seen of his Twitter, Larry? Malik Obama's. Yeah, he's just straight on an adrenochrome rant. Like every tweet's about. Like, so, I got a question. Three months ago, Larry, how many people knew what adrenochrome was when you mentioned it to him? No one knew what it was. And how about now? Everybody knows what it. Is. The thing is, <sighs> everybody knows it, and and obviously the the white rabbit, and it's. You know, uh-huh. soccer ball too. So now people are picking up on the symbolism of what it looks like. Yeah, and people people say, Bob, that if you know, because you get a lot of people going, well, what if you guys are wrong? What if they don't start arresting all these celebrities? And what if you're wrong? I'm like, listen, we're already right. Like you missed it. Yeah, go it, to Oprah's timeline after she oh, posts man. a video. It's eighty percent hate. We're oh, winning. Man. It yeah. doesn't matter who that we've woken the world up. The Great Awakening is taking place. Right now, whether the storm hits with that is almost irrelevant to me, because guess what? Every single one of my friends, like Larry said, to start this podcast are looking for symbolism are wondering what the hell Tom Hanks is doing are wondering what the Rita Wilson video is about. Asking me why Madonna's talking about Mira Abramovich, Marina Abramovich quotes. They're awake. Now it's just if the storm hits, it's just a cherry on top. You know, and like I said, we were. Doing it in jest when we did the coronavirus draft. But one of the reasons why it preempted us was because of the information that we've been gathering for two years and that we actually think that there's a possibility that there's a tainted adrenochrome supply out there right now that is was synthetic and possibly created in the Wuhan lab. So when you see the Weinsteins, the Epsteins, the Nygards, the John of Gods being taken out, these are people that are possible suppliers of this tainted adrenochrome substance. So we drafted these players. You know, we were having fun with it, but these were people that we predicted that would come down with sickness and with the coronavirus. Are you noticing that it's disproportionately affecting celebrities and elites right now? When you look to Italy, there's a lot of priests that are coming down with it. When you look to Hollywood, a lot of celebrities, politicians, and things like that. So here's my question. Larry, if you were involved in our coronavirus draft or just who do you think are some of the heads of the snake in Hollywood and celebrities that you would have put on your team like from the get go? That's a great question. Uh, I said I don't know that many of the the names, but I would put. So so really the draft was basically you get points for an arrest, you get points for a death, you get points for if they quote unquote correct coronavirus. So who are the big people you think that you would draft that might go down? I would say Ellen would be next to go down with the virus. Yes. I, I, that's not my team. I mean, because you you see her mannerisms, you see her shake, you see like you it seems like she's going through a withdrawal. So it, it, I know she's the next person that's gonna get popped and then it's gonna be like, okay, you it, it would be like us saying, Oh yeah, we could tell that she's been sick this whole time. And you know what I mean? And that's how they kind of it'll kind of be it'll play out. But I think Ellen's gonna be the next one that that really goes down with it. Do you think so the funny thing with Ellen too, Larry, she wore that yellow jumpsuit two days ago in a video and she wore it yesterday in a video. You know, <laughs> like you have the canary aspect, the sing like a canary thing. She also had the uh uh what's the name? Basquat? You you know the name of it, Larry. What's the artist? Basquiat. Basquiat. Basquiat, Basquiat or Basquiat, whatever, however you pronounce it. You know, she showed multiple Basquiat paintings that, you know, show obviously devil type stuff on it, spirit cooking symbols, all that. She's shown multiple pictures where it looks like she has an ankle bracelet on. 
Like she she's she's about. She, do you think she's already on house arrest? Do you think Oprah, her, Rita Wilson? Do you think these people are already on house arrest? I think they're already on house arrest. And the thing is, I think all those phone calls she's been doing, I think they oh, made so her weird. do a whole bunch of phone calls before they took her. And then just tweet them out over hours over, over time to make it seem that she's like really at home. But she, I don't know what's could have happened to her, but but the way she's been acting, one day she's happy. The one with, with Michelle Obama, she's really fidgety. And then the next video, she's happy again. It's like, it's like time, it's like the, the videos are out of order. And it's just having her call random people and spread it out over time to make us believe that something's not really wrong. Well, Tommy, you know what what was that video you showed me about Alec Baldwin replacing? Oh her? my God, LJ! I don't even think you've seen this. If you want, I'm going to send this to you okay. right now while we're on. Um, you could turn the sound off on your phone, but you need to see this like literally immediately. I forgot to send it to you this morning. There. So, if anyone watched the Ellen Show yesterday, okay, I saw this girl on Instagram. I'm actually just waiting to get her approval to post it. Um, she filmed it right off the TV, and you can go online and see. So they aired an episode of Ellen. Uh, if you watch that, Larry, you can fast forward that video right to when you start seeing the TV. It's only a minute long. So I'm going to post this on Twitter. I'm just waiting for approval from the girl. It'll be through your phone in a second. So Ellen yesterday on the Ellen show that aired, obviously it was pre-recorded, but uh, they started the show off with Alec Baldwin, who was one of my guys I drafted. Started it with Alec Baldwin talking about how he's hosting for Ellen. And then they're wondering, where's Ellen? And they show Ellen tied up in a chair with a gag on in the background. Now, keep in mind, this was probably filmed three weeks ago or something before the quarantine. So that was odd to begin with. And then guess what the whole effing episode was about? It was Alec Baldwin showing videos of little kids touching inappropriate Disney characters at Disneyland with the whole crowd laughing. Like in the midst of everything that's going on on the internet, that's the episode you decided to air yesterday on Ellen's show. Just kid after kid, still shot after still shot of people who've sent in pictures of their hands on Mickey Mouse's crotch, on this one's boobs, on this one's. The it's the most disturbing thing, Bobby. You watched it, yeah. It just it it just goes to show that they're trying to normalize this stuff. And Disney's at the epicenter. I've talked about Walt Disney being a high level Mason about them sliding all this like uh, just cryptic, disgusting sexual stuff into their movies. And now they're just, I don't know if it's arrogance or I don't know. I don't know what the, what the ploy is with that, but Disney, Disney is at the epicenter, you know? And uh, like I said, symbolism will be their downfall. These people are stupid and they're arrogant. That's exactly what it is. It's going to get them in trouble. The arrogance, I think is the biggest thing. Did you see it, LJ? But why was he? Why is he guest hosting? Is he like the only one right now? <laughs> no, no, listen. Try and make sense of anything you just watched there. <laughs> what it's, you saw them I, touching the touching the characters? Yeah, it was like to me. They think it's funny because they feel, oh, we we're so powerful in control. It's like it's like a spit in the face of whatever. If judgment is coming upon them, I think this is their time to boast. The the music that stupid music video with the John Lennon song, I think that was what did it. That was what set them off. So now they're on this attack plan. Like ha ha ha, you can't catch us. We know we know that you know that what we're doing, and you can't do anything about it. So let's go all out. I think this is what you're seeing. Like you know the Fourth of July fireworks, and now the the finale. This is their finale. This is let them get this out their system. They know what's about to happen to them. And I think now that they know and they know that we know, 
they're going to ramp up everything. It's going to be so blatant at this point. You can be like, what, what is going on? Like, what are we waiting on? This is their time to really expose themselves. Do you think, Larry, knowing a lot of these people, obviously, you know, I know a couple athletes that I'm acquaintances with, um, but, you know, these are your, some of these guys are still your boys or where your boys are deep. Do you think from the athletes, the celebrities, the actors, the actresses, because the thing that's making me believe 100% that I'm right is that everyone's acting a little different, right? Like some of them are just getting cocky. Some of them look scared as hell. Like David Spade was like, oh, they get Tom Hanks. You know, like he's talking about like, we're dead. Like Ellen's both. So do you think that they still think that there's a chance that they can rally and unite and get through this or get away with this? Or are they just done and just this is their swan song? They think they can get away with this. They, they do, they, right? They think it's going to blow over? Yeah, it's based on their connection. It depends on who's protecting them. Now, mind you, if they all have handlers, there are some handlers that have more power than others. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they are going to sacrifice something. Like you have the draft. I'm pretty sure they have a draft. <laughs> I bet <laughs> they, in a meeting, they were like, all right, who are you willing to give up if this goes down? Yeah, right. Weird. Some guys be like, well, Alec Bowman's mine the more in draft picks, so I'm not cutting him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody else is like, I'm, I'm going to put a franchise tag on Beyonce. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they could look at someone like Ellen, like, ah, one or two years of being in the free agency market. I don't think I can, I don't think I can pay her as, as much as I can. Pay. We can make another Ellen. And we'll use him. Oh my God. It's funny wow, because these great. are the conversations Tommy and I have been having about like adding and dropping players and trying to make trades. What's their upside? Yeah. What's their downside? But it makes sense, yeah. Bob. What he's saying. I mean, listen, we did the draft. If, yeah, in fun. Larry's like joking a little bit, but I mean, we're all serious, right? Like we did this draft. You know, it wasn't a coincidence. The first pick of the draft by Bobby was Oprah Winfrey, who went dark on Twitter and was trending as the number one sex trafficker in America for 24 hours. And my number one draft pick just got coronavirus and about to be killed in about eight days. Like, what do they have in common? What do they have in common? It's what exactly what LJ said. Handlers, Oprah, Handler, Weinstein, Handler, their friends, Ellen DeGeneres, Handler, Tom Hanks, Handler. These people are all handlers. And guess what? They have handlers above them. And some of these, some of the, you have to understand this too. Some of the people brought into the industry were not brought in by choice and they were either bred into the industry and they do this stuff and they don't have a choice. So, you know, not all of these people are inherently evil. Some of them didn't have a choice. Some of them were, you know, sodomized as a child. Uh, You know, a lot of people have spoken out about that. And then once, you know, once you become in the industry, at some point you transition from that to becoming a recruiter and a handler. So there's like a ritual process that goes, just like if you're in a fraternity I mean, or sorority, anything, yeah. just anything like that. Else. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say fraternity, you start off getting hazed. Next thing you know, you're the hazer. Right. You know, if you look at religion, you start off as an altar boy and then you become a priest. If you look at, you know, any industry at all, even if you look at Epstein, if you want to take it to a dark level, most of the handlers for Epstein were girls that were victims when they were 10, 12, 13, and just experienced Stockholm syndrome. And basically now they're part of the problem. But, but LJ, I think I try to explain this to people a lot because they're like, oh, what are the chances that all the best athletes in basketball are all Illuminati and all? I'm like, no, they're bred into this. Like Bobby's saying, they're grabbed when they're young. And if you're a young up and coming basketball player and LeBron James brings you to a party 
and everyone's doing this mystery drug. They're not going to tell you it's baby blood the first time you do it, right? They're just going to say, do this. We're all doing it. LJ, you were a rookie. You were someone coming up in the league, looking up to idols. You weren't a, you know, 2000 yard rusher, your rookie year, right? Like it's easy for them to be impressionable, right? By these athletes. Uh, very like you you dressed how they dress you wanted to go to the parties they went to you wanted to do the whole playboy mansion that all the guys get to do like you saw this as a lifestyle that was fruitful you thought that this is what making it is you know what i mean it was very very false but it, that's what you saw when you look at these athletes like i've been around lebron james a couple of times like you would think that you would never be in the presence of these type of people and then when you're in the presence of them it's like you you put yourself on a pedestal and then when I removed yourself, he was like, damn, I can't believe I was really buying $5,000 suits just to throw them away just to go to an event that Jay-Z was at. Like, right. that's the type of mentality that it bred. It bred the mentality you had to be in the know. You had to be around these type of people. And then I understand it was very demonic to even be in their presence. But you become a part of that. You become a part of the problem because everybody else is watching what you do. So people are watching me buy six, seven bottles of champagne in a club. So that breeds competition. That breeds people who right. look up to that. So when they get on, they do the same thing. It's like a repetitive thing. It's, a, it's like a pyramid scheme. Here's my who's question that to you. Who's, time out real quick. Who's yeah. that rapper who's, who's, I don't know if you know who it is, LJ. Some rapper just came out and he said he's only doing, he's doing an album with only other rappers who own Lamborghinis. <laughs> like, like, right. What the fuck is going on? What are you talking about? Chance. Weird. Go on, Bob. Well, my question, because he brought uh, LJ, you brought up uh, Playboy, and you know, I've I've thought that that was almost like a CIA blackmail operation. You know, where you lure powerful celebrities and athletes in, you videotape them, and then you have this blackmail to hold over them. So, my question to you is, you know, with some of these athletes, how much of it is their choice where they choose to? Um, you know, sacrifice their soul for wealth and fame or you know, however you want to spell it. And how much of it is blackmail where we have this on you, you are a prominent athlete, do this bidding or we will expose you for ABCDEFG. Here's the video. Um, do as we say. I think it, it, it becomes like they have to entice you with it. Now, obviously, you take a LeBron James. Now, if he got his shoe deal, he could get a shoe deal just based off who he was in high school. So once he gets a shoe deal, you always going to want more. So if they come to you like, hey, what do you expect? What do you think if you could be in the next Space Jam? You can outdo Michael Jordan. Now, they'll play this up to him in the meeting. They'll, they'll put him on a pedestal. Like, hey, this could be the greatest thing since, you know, Michael Jordan did his Space Jam. You could you could beat his Space Jam. Then you can get, you know, rights. You can have open up your own production company. You could go into Hollywood as the man. You can be able to put on any movie you want to and it be you. I think once they give you this, they'll be like, okay, you have to molest a child or you have to blood sacrifice. Now, you choose which sacrifice you want to do. But you, if you want this, you'll do it. Now, it's just like how college players go into the NFL and they have to audition or they have to uh, interview agents. And agents always come with that whole speech that I can make you like McDonald's. I can make you like Burger King. That, that same speech to get you to sign with them is just like that. Hmm. So once you saw the glitz and the glamour and the Hollywood lights, you think eh, all I got to do is touch a child. I could do that. I could do that and and then get over it and I'll have my movie and it'll last for a little bit. But then it, it'll be something else they want. And that's when they catch you. It's like, well, you remember you did this. Right. And then, you know, yeah. did so yeah. people people always say like my, my friend Bill, he's just 
so closed-minded to this stuff. Like, there's nothing I could show him that would ever change his mind. I, I, I made a joke the other day, and I'm sure every one of us has people like this in their life, where he could walk into a room watching Bill Clinton having sex with a child, and he would walk out and say that was a midget. You know, like, it, it doesn't, like, he's just not going to believe anything in front of his eyes. So with these athletes, when we talk about LJ, a lot of people will say, the counterpoint will be like, well, wouldn't some of these people have come out already? Wouldn't there be people who would have refused it and then gone to the media and then gone to... So what do you have to say to those people who are like, well, if it was that rampant in Hollywood with actors and with athletes, we would have heard about it. People would have been, you know, calling it out. People, I, I said this in, in one of my podcasts, I think it was episode six. You have to understand who owns the media, who owns the news. Now, if all the Hollywood industry and all of Hollywood industry is owned and operated by the Jewish nation and they are into the Kabbalah and they own all the writers, they own all the media like CBS, NBC, you know, BuzzFeed. If they own all these things, you are never going to hear about it. And what you do, you end up hearing about stories that don't make sense. Like for instance, you'll hear about Floyd Mayweather's uncle just passing away with no Way of what what illness, what sickness did he had? Or you hear about his his the baby's baby mom dying in a car, and that's all you hear. Now they are the ones that tell the story, and we believe what they say. So they are sacrificing. They're not going to come out and say, "Hey, guess what?" They sacrifice because it won't work. They have to sacrifice and claim their sacrifice, but it has to be done in a way that we won't keep digging for the truth. Yeah, and you look just recently, didn't uh, Jennifer Lopez's ex-husband just die? You know, she yeah. just performed at the Super Bowl. There's rumors that, you know, her grandmother's practiced Santeria, you know, and all this stuff. So you look a lot, there's a lot of correlation between a lot of these people who, like, even like, I talk about Celine Dion all the time. You know, oh, her God, husband, her clothing, line. her clothing line and all, you know, she looks like, if you just Google Celine Dion and what she looks like right now, she, she looks like she has lost her adrenochrome supply for like the last year. I also think there's a possibility she was either a castrata or she's androgynous or was born a man. So, I mean, you know, just, and I know that all this stuff sounds strange, but, um, you know. Honestly, we, with the world, the beauty of it now, Bob, with what's going on around the world right now, I don't think we even have to say that anymore, right? <laughs> like, that's the beauty of Like, we don't even have to, like, worry about looking crazy because nothing's crazier than the fact that we're about probably a week away from everyone realizing that, you know, these celebrities that they worship are cannibals. Like when people ask me now, when people used to ask me questions, Larry, is it the same for you? Regular, I'm so cocky right now because the data is coming out and I have so many videos to show people that's like visual proof. Like we talked about with Ray Rice, right? Ray Rice, you know, is, is from my area. That wasn't a big deal when he hit that girl until we saw the video. Right. He was looking at like a one game suspension or two game suspension. And then the video dropped, which showed the same thing the story said. And next thing you know, we never saw him in the NFL again. So right now we're getting video evidence of these people, of Madonna, of David Spade, of Ellen, of Oprah. These people are short circuiting on video, which means we're almost at a point right now. We don't even need to say like people ask me, like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, you know, the Clintons eat babies. Like, whereas before I used to tap dance, like that's the best part of all this. It, it, it is. And that's when they start understanding the manner. Like I said, like if you just watch Ellen and see her fidget like that, people are, are now drawn in. Now, what now 
on our end, people were mocking us. So people were chiming in just to mock us. But when we started posting more and people and the mocking of us changed, people started going to the, their Twitter handles or going to their Instagram handles and really looking for what we said to either prove us wrong or to prove us right. But there's, they're really dissecting every little thing they're doing now. And that's the beauty of this awakening that now you have video of these people being desperate, no matter how much they try to ha- try to hide it. They are being desperate right now. And that's what's, was catching them like they're being sloppy like all the stuff that they have around their house is all have to do with child sex trafficking and torture and they're being caught like ellen that those those keys somebody else put, found those, like those keys on a, a sex trafficking site called i think it was it what my my children something like that i didn't even uh, see I didn't hear about that that's yeah I, didn't, I missed this damn the, the outdoor table that she has where she has those those big keys mm-hmm. it's the same the silent children if you go to the webpage, mm. the children, it's those same type of big keys around this girl's neck, and it's talking about sex trafficking. It's weird. It's weird that you say keys and getting sloppy because I was talking to Tommy about this last night, and I'm going to make a post about it today. If you go on Tom Cruise's Instagram, since 2015, he's posted 210 no, Tom posts. Hanks, Tom I'm Hanks. I'm sorry. What did I say? Tom Cruise? Yeah. Tom <laughs> Hanks. Excuse me. Tom Hanks. So we're talking about Tom Hanks in the in the center of all this coronavirus stuff. Go on Tom Hanks's Instagram. 210 posts since 2015 and i counted over 70 posts that had to do with just an image of a glove on the ground or a kid's shoe or just like a random item located on the ground with a very cryptic tweet or excuse me you know a cryptic message underneath it you're talking about a third of his tweets with these these cryptic like it almost looks like like is it if a child got abducted and a shoe got left behind and a lot of this stuff sends subliminal messages you know whether he's involved in the handling of it whether he's involved in the sales um, but one of the images did have to do with keys on the ground too so go back look at this stuff and just ask yourself does it make sense even if you don't believe what we're saying just go look at tom hanks's instagram and ask why is our third of his posts have to do with this kind of cryptic stuff i'll I'll tell you the trick to do it and larry if you got any tricks i want you to kick in here because i think one of the things you know for me and you we have the luxury of having you know you have six figures and followers on twitter i have sixty thousand. right i don't give a shit you don't care we're, I remember the first none. I don't care. I probably care a little you more care. than you. You don't care. He you don't care, care at all. Larry, Larry. Larry, he cares. No, I care about my. I care about it because it because it helps me get laid. That's why. That's the <laughs> yeah. only reason why. Outside of that, I don't care. But I can flash the blue check mark to a twenty eight year old girl. It's it, it's a good move at forty. I'm getting old. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the more followers, the better. But Larry, the best part is there's like a chain of information, right? Like. We don't even need to do the legwork anymore. People are looking to us to just be the megaphone. No one's looking for credit right now. now I, don't, I don't get many, yo, you used my link and you didn't tag me anymore. Everyone's just looking to get the message out. And it's like, hey, Tommy, Larry, Bobby, uh, Jordan Sather, Sam Tripoli, here. I don't care. Just put this out because we need the world. And it's just, it's just a great community that I feel like we're in the middle of right now where like no one, we're the opposite of them. You know, like we're doing the op. They're all about me, me, me. There's a crisis. Democrats, Republicans, celebrities. Look at me. I got to stay around. And we're just sitting here going here. Take all this. Like, just go. And it's I mean, I don't know. I feel it's really rewarding right now. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's, I feel it the same way. It is. I, I had to do my little lap. I always I had maybe two or three tweets where I said I told you so. I had oh, to. You got to. You got to. Yeah. I had to. Get 
out of my system. But now it's like we're just telling. I don't care if you accept it or not. I'm just telling you, and those who are in the know are going to pick it up and run with it. So I don't have to. I don't want to lay claim to it. I want the information out. You want the information out. Everybody wants this information out because we're stronger together, not divided, trying to take claim of who saw what first. Yeah, yeah. It, you know. And, and, so and, you deserve your end zone spike for a lot of this stuff, and you know. It's kind of like with the internet. It, 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 what we're doing in the truth community is it's an open source movement, and that's what it is. And the 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 goal of the internet from its inception was the same thing: open source. We don't care where you know. We obviously you want to give credit where credits due, but at the same time, it's about an open sharing of information. And and that's what's great about the truth community is that it's it, to, to be honest, and I say this all the time, it's the most addicting drug there is out there. Is truth once you once you tap into it. Um, there's nothing that can stop you from uncovering it. And it's good that we have a community of people that give us information when we miss things. And, and that's why I think, you know, when we talk about the no mercy mercenaries or, you know, LJ's followers, you know, thank you to kudos to all you guys for finding things that we don't even see and give us a way to share it out there. So. Because we got a lot going on, you know, like, you know, to have 10,000 people doing the research for us, Larry, and post us links so that, you know, we're doing podcasts, we're recording, you got a family, you got a beautiful daughter, you got a life, you know, you got interviews you're doing, you know, you don't have time to dig like some kid who's quarantined in his mom's basement eating Hot Pockets all day and can just keep digging and digging and digging. So, I mean, that's, that's the most gratifying part, you know, for me, just how much help we've gotten to spread the message. But I want to ask you something, Larry, before we let you go, we'll shut this down. Bob, I think, Bob, do you have to go or no? Are you good? I got about five minutes, but I can, right, I can hard so, out and y'all yeah. can finish it. No, that's all right. We're, we're, we'll shut it soon. So I wanted to ask your take on Kobe. Um, me and you personally haven't even talked about it that much. Uh, we were both kind of busy at the time that went on. We sent a couple texts back and forth. What's your take on the Kobe situation? To, to me, it's, it's what they believe in. All those Freemasons and those Luciferians all the way through Alistair Crowley, they believed in reincarnation with the goddess Isis. They believe that. That's what they believe in. They believe if they they believe they serve a higher purpose, just like when they reach to a 33rd degree and you die and you get killed off, they believe that they're doing the great work and they plagiarize the Messiah. So Christ, obviously, he went at the age of 30, he started doing his his, you know, his preaching. And then 33, he died and then ascended into heaven and he came back to life. They think that's they think they can mimic that. So Kobe Bryant, all of this was all up to play on us to really memorialize him and for him to come back. And that's why this whole thing with, you know, coronavirus and Hebrew, it's it's Kobe. That's one of the things they play on. They play on that. They play on somebody who be able to die, come back and reincarnated as something else. And to them, they think he reincarnated himself as a virus. It's, it's the dumbest, stupidest mess I ever heard in my life, but that's what they believe. And like you said, uh, Tom, like it's, it's like, it, I don't care if you don't believe it or not, it's, they believe it. They right. believe in all this sacrificing to, at some point, they think they can ascend like the Messiah. And they, they lie and tell their, you know, their puppets you know, they're useful idiots that they could be like Kobe. They could mm -hmm. sin higher than Christ. And it, it just doesn't happen. But they're breaking their necks to be like that. And you think so you think Kobe was sacrificed? Do you think he was murdered? Yeah, I think either that he knew he was going to get murdered or like I believe I believe LeBron has something to do with it. That's I do what too. They, I do they, too. Each other, because why would you have Bill Clinton show up of all people and then give Bill Clinton 
the person who's uh, like literally responsible for the three strikes law of locking up a lot of African-Americans yep. across this world. Why would you say he is the greatest president of all time and then say number 42, but in reverse, because they practice law of reverse is the number 24, which is Kobe. And he did this before he was about to break the record. So that's what they do. They they knock each other off when the one person is not longer useful. So let's idolize him and all that. And you see how he was even fidgety about that. Uh-huh. He was like, I don't want to talk about Kobe no more. Let's just move on. Because that's guilt. It's the same guilt that Kanye had when he was trying to keep performing and he broke down on the mic singing uh-huh. the song. It's Blasted all- off on Jay-Z. They know what they're doing. They just guilty when they do it. And here's what you yeah. saw after Kobe's death. You saw all the rituals. It was the same day that they were having the award show at the Grammys. Staples Center. And then you saw, man, I remember being at a gig and seeing Kyrie Irving in a post-game press conference wearing the all-sing Illuminati eye. You saw LeBron James doing all of his little Illuminati satanic hand gestures at a pre-game. You saw Dwayne Wade have his time. And all these people started sh- showing their allegiance after Kobe's death as well. So... And and LeBron James, a lot of people don't understand, you know, the multiple connotations to GOAT, right? Like everyone thinks of GOAT and obviously they think of it as, you know, greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's also the GOAT head is also a big satanic symbol, correct? So when you look at LeBron James Twitter, who isn't really one to post anything about, like when you hear LeBron James talk, he always says, I want to be the GOAT, you know, like I want to be the GOAT. I want to be the greatest of all time. But he's he tends to fake show respect for the people above him, just go to LeBron, LeBron's Instagram and scroll through it. Just quickly, just rapid fire through. It's mostly pictures, 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 him, people, boom. And then you just see goat. There's a picture of him next to the goat on January 25th, the day before Kobe Bryant died, where, you know, if you look at that symbolism from a different side, if you don't look at it from greatest of all time, and if you look at it more from a Baphomet angle, you could see that. He did it in Kobe's hometown. He did it on a court in Philadelphia that had a logo of a snake chopped into eight parts, uh, which is, Bobby, what was that from? What was that symbolism from? Uh, it was, it basically, it said, you know, show your allegiance or die. That's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, what, enter yeah, enter or die. Yeah, apply, yeah. Something, so, something or die. Like, there was too much surrounded around it, so... Um, Join or die. Larry, before before we get off here, anything else you wanted to cover? Anything else you wanted to touch on? Anything else you wanted to give an opinion on while we're here? I would say tell people, like, I really want to give my opinion on the the aspect of just watch what these celebrities do over time. Like, just watch. It's, this, is, this is the greatest time to be alive because right. everything we wanted them to do, they're going to do. Now, I know a lot of people tag a lot of the things that are exposed and, and call it QAnon and, and all that stuff. Like, those guys are great on that. I don't really have a political affiliation, but I know from one side of Q, it's to Donald Trump and all that. All I'm saying is, is pay attention to everything. Don't just pay attention because you want to get the Democrats and these mm-hmm. liberals, mm-hmm. you know, all that. You have to see it all. Everybody's a part of it. Republican, everybody's a part of it. It's not about a political system. It's about a spiritual system. It's about what they've been doing before there ever was a government. They've been chopping kids' head off. They were practicing infanticide. They were doing all this sexual perversion before government even went on. So look at this in a broader scope, knowing that everybody could be an enemy. Everybody could be brought down. Don't get, don't put all your eggs in one basket and don't put your soul into one side of the argument when if it happens, you're going to be embarrassed because you would be the one that's been de- like defending these guys the whole time. And then you find out there's more to the story. It's funny. It's funny you say that, 
Larry, because a lot of people come to me with two different types of questions, uh, especially the people who are like just coming around and a little less informed. Um, they'll come to me and I'll say one of two things. Once, once I start showing to them Tom Hanks and Ellen and David Spade and all that, they go, please tell me Matthew McConaughey isn't one of them, right? Like, or please tell me uh, Brad Pitt isn't one of them. And Chris Pratt, like they'll always have a name like, please tell me. And my answer to them is disassociate with all of them. And, and that's the key right now. Like you could get back to it once the the uh, the spiritual flood happens, if it happens, right? Because trust me, they're going to take down people, but you shouldn't be worshiping these celebrities on that level anyway, where it can put you into depression if Sasha Fierce, Beyonce gets locked up. Like if if that makes you sad, you something's wrong with you. You know, like you need to change that one. And then me and Bobby get asked the question all the time because we believe Trump is the behind all this, like catching all these people up and everything. And they say, what happens if you found out Trump was a pedophile? Bobby, what is our answer every I, time? I tell people all the time, I would immediately disassociate. I don't have immediately an disassociate. I don't have an allegiance to one man, right. like like LJ said, right. one one government, one side of the aisle. Um, if I get new evidence in front of me that contradicts what I've been thinking, I have the ability now to pivot. Yeah. You know? And and that's and that's basically what it is. And the two party system, what LJ said, we talk about a lot. It's very important. I don't care what your political preference is. Soros is using the two party system. The two party system is the devil. That is the divisive nature. That is the thing that made it the easiest for them to divide us by splitting us up across party lines. So, yes, a Republicans are going to go down. Democrats are going to go down. That's why when everyone asks me, like, if you made me pick a party, I'm a libertarian. But I'm really nothing. You know, I'm Tommy G. That's what I am. I have my own beliefs on different things. And I know Larry and Bobby, you guys feel the same way on that topic. But Bobby, you got to get out of here. So you got to yeah. find a word. Yeah, I, oh, get out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, hold on, Larry. Yeah. Let's, 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 we haven't talked about this. I'm surprised we didn't even catch it. Yeah, go ahead. Get into Let's for a little bit. Let's talk about what this. People don't know what this frazzle drip is. Mm -hmm. All right. But Bobby, do you have, you have time for it? Or do you Actually, have to go? I got, you got to go. Uh, I got 10 minutes because uh, I just right, got a cool. text. All go right. ahead. All right. Get into it. Do you want us to get into it, Larry? Or do you want to get into yeah. it? Yeah, because I, I mean, you guys look at more on back over information. I only seen a couple of pictures on it, but I don't right. have. All right. So here's the thing with I'm going to start it, Bobby, you fill in the blank. So Frazzle Drip is a snuff film that was undercovered from Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin. So Huma Abedin was Hillary Clinton's top aide, best friend. Huma Abedin is also Anthony Weiner's uh, wife. Anthony Weiner got busted for sending. And people just like kind of graze over this part of the story. The reason he was busted was for sending inappropriate pictures and sexting with a 15-year-old girl and younger. So to think that there's weird, dark pedophilia stuff involving the Clintons and Huma Abedin on the laptop of a pedophile isn't that much of a stretch. So I think people forget that Anthony Weiner's a pedophile in this story. So what happened was Anthony Weiner got busted when everyone was talking about the deletion of Hillary Clinton's emails. Everyone was assuming it's quid pro quo, it's it's there. They got something on her. She made a deal with Ukraine. It's Uranium One. No, no. The emails that got deleted were the dark pedophilia, sex trafficking, snuff films and stuff like that. That's the stuff that a lot of that went through Huma Abedin, her top aide who was down there in these parties with her when the cops went. And Bob, here's where you could start filling in holes if I, if I miss anything. When the cops went to go confiscate Anthony Weiner's laptop, they were looking for more pictures of him sexting with little girls and they found a folder called life insurance. And in that folder was multiple things that are some of the most heinous, disgusting things you've ever seen. And one, and keep in mind, the folder was called life insurance. This was like his dead man switch uh, blackmail policy. If anyone ever tried to turn on him, it's a, it's actually a video 
of Huma Abedin. And again, none of this is 100%, but I mean, I'm pretty much there. It's a video of him and Huma Abedin and Hillary Clinton in a sex dungeon peeling the skin off a child and wearing it and sodomizing it and killing it. And it's a snuff film. It's the most disgusting thing. Supposedly, the 12 police officers that saw it um, had a few of them had to go throw up in the bathroom. They were so disturbed. And nine of them are now dead. So nine of the 12 police officers. Remember that rash of suicides, police suicides last summer in New York City? That was right after the Wiener laptop. They just started dropping dead. And dudes that were dropping dead were like a week. Uh, One dude was one month. One dude was one year from full pension, 65-year-old men who went through 9-11 and saw dead bodies left and right everywhere they stepped, and they're all of a sudden killing themselves in their car with a gun? No. So they call it frazzle drip. The one thing I will say is I am a believer in those videos. Uh, If you really want, guys, I hate to say this, but since we're on topic, go to DuckDuckGo. Don't go to Google. You're not going to find anything on Google. Google censors, even even though they've lifted the gates, you're still not going to find as much. Go to DuckDuckGo and Google uh, John Podesta torture video. And there's some pretty convincing evidence on there that there's a video of him that you could see. It's the top four searches on there. But frazzle drip is the thing that they call it. I'm not a believer in the picture, the picture of the little child that circulated. I'm not a believer in that, but I am a believer in frazzle drip and, and what took place, Bobby. Yeah, I, you know, and with the Wiener laptop, he could have it was kind of like when the mob bosses get taken down for financial crimes, but they're really committing murders. That could have just been the public, you know, just, hey, we're getting this guy for, um, you know, sexting 15 year olds really so we can get access to his laptop. I really think that the information was there beforehand. And, you know, like like, you know, what I say in a lot of the anon boards that I read is that most of this information cannot be made public because if it's made public, uh, there, like what Larry John Larry said, is that there it will be a purge and chaos. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the thing people don't understand, Larry. When everyone's like, "Where? All right, you're right. I see a lot of weird. where do you rest, Tommy? Where do you rest?" They're happening. And we keep saying they can't. Yeah, they're happening. They can't show you what would happen to this country if they just all of a sudden one day you wake up and all the celebrities that these whole country's been worshiping their whole lives just all got locked up and they come out and tell everyone it's sex trafficking with as divided as this country is right now, especially if Trump was delivering that message, you understand these people would be walking out with shotguns going, this guy's a liar. He is Hitler. And they'd be coming out killing people, killing Republicans and Republicans are the ones with all the guns. So they'd be firing back. Like it would be complete anarchy. Killing themselves. You got to do this. You got to boil this frog slowly and keep right. LJ, I think you feel the same way. Like you'll see one come out. And then you'll see another one, and then you'll be you'll be more open to it, right? It's it's literally our fault. This if we didn't if we put these people on a pedestal, these arrests would be happening in real time in front of our faces. But because we put our soul and put our image from these celebrities into our lives, we are the ones that slowing this thing and making it hidden behind scenes because we couldn't handle it if we weren't awakened. And so we really put these people up there. If we didn't care about what these people did and we didn't mimic and step to their little their little t- Satanism tune, mm-hmm. we would be able to see this happen in front of our eyes. You're 100% right, bro. It's it's so crazy because this honestly probably would have happened 10 years ago. Like, you know, like this stuff would have been going on forever it, we did this to ourselves and this is that worship society when you get into it and they they forced them into it they knew that that's why they've been going after trump so hard and making him out listen i don't care if you think trump's a good guy or bad guy I, I, bobby loves him i think he's an idiot 
but I respect <laughs> what he's doing. I still think he's a buffoon. I just think he's the front man. He's the puppet and the military has the hand up his ass. So I think he's the perfect guy to do this because I think he's dumb enough to just take it and scream back. Bobby thinks he's a super genius. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks of him. He's filling his role appropriately right now if the mission is what we think it is. Whatever, whether he's a genius or a dumbass, it doesn't matter. But they have crucified this guy. They had a statue of this dude naked with a one-inch the penis in New York City, like they have just crucified this man and made him look to be Satan. Why? So that when he delivers the message that he's got them, no one believes him. They have programmed everyone for two and a half years to not trust him and don't believe him while he's been programming everyone else to not trust the news and don't believe the news. If they rounded everyone up, it's it's a civil war. So be patient. It's coming. It's here. It's happening. The awakening is upon us. Just be patient. It may not be April 1st. It may be 2021, but it's coming. It's actually happening. So, Bobby, let me give let me get your final words before yeah, you get out of here. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, you know, just to kind of, you know, continue on with this conversation is make sure you guys make decisions based on hope and not fear. Fear is how they get into your system and they can manipulate it. Just remember, fear is false evidence appearing real. So when you operate on fear, that's how they break down your systems and they and they can implement all of their policies, their mind control, and you know their false idol worship. If you operate on hope, they can't touch you. They can't touch you. Okay. So just as as this all this stuff's happening, don't panic. Don't have fear. Hope is our best weapon. You know, kind of like the message. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So keep that in mind when you're going about your daily routine. And certain people are panicking. Just calm people down. That you know, um, God is at work, and uh, it's gonna one way or another. It's gonna unfold. In, in my opinion. So that's all. Yeah. I and we're going to be okay. And that's the whole thing as long as whether it's, whether it's in this life, whether it's an afterlife, whatever you do the right thing, you're going to be fine. And I think that, and, and Larry, I've come around a long way. Uh, a lot of thanks to you and Bobby, honestly, because you and Bobby were probably my two most spiritual religious friends and family members. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, I've come around a lot because of you where I used to say something as ignorant, ignorant as hope is a four letter word. Right. Like I used to be like when I was a stock trader, when I was in Wall Street, there is no hope. You know, there hopes a four letter word. Go commit, go make, get it done. And now I'm sitting here talking about, you know, faith. I said a prayer last night. I can't remember the last time I said a prayer before I went to sleep. And I love it. I feel better. I feel good. I don't care if people judge me. People think I'm fake. People. I feel good right now. I feel whole. I'm on the truth drug. I'm on the hope drug. And things are just happening. And my life feels comfortable in the middle of a damn pandemic. So. I second what Bobby said. I second what LJ has been saying. And LJ, before we get out of here, give, uh, give any type of message you want before we go. I would say, you know, congratulate each other, but don't lose sight of what's really the purpose of this whole awakening. It's a spiritual awakening. And I'm, if I'm going to give you one verse, I'm going to give you this. Acts 2 and 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. At the end of the day, it's been predicted from the beginning of we would end up being the ones who are awakening and help awakening others. Please don't lose sight of who's really in control of this whole scenario. And don't forget, forget to give him credit, too. I mean, it's awesome. I, f- I feel it. And uh, I got chills just hearing it where if you would have said that a week ago, even. It wouldn't uh, it wouldn't have hit me like that. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the shows. Make sure you guys check Larry Johnson out on Twitter at two Larry Johnson seven. Not just saying it because he's my boy. I'm not just saying it because he's on our side. 
He is the man. This dude was getting crucified. He was put on a cross for the last six months by every industry from TMZ down to internet trolls at one follower. And everything he's saying is coming true. It's happening. There's there's an awakening that's taking place. Follow him. Make sure you go check out the podcast, Sight to the Blind. You can find the information on that on his page. So go give him a follow. Show him some love. Uh, Bob's Lessons, at Bob's Lessons. Poor little Bobby only here. I've only got like 4,000 followers. So let's get Bobby some followers <laughs> over there. Up from 1,000 though, right, Bob? Bob, you were at 1,000 like uh, two weeks ago. You've like tripled. Yeah, I'm betting. I'm a, I'm on cloud nine right now, man. It's awesome. Yeah, you're going. Yeah, you the best, be the best thing about it really is that just more people are are inboxing me and asking me questions, and then the the news is spreading. That's really the most important. It, it is, you know. And and when I looked at followers before as clout, yeah. you know, I, I did. It's it's a badge of honor, Larry. You know, like people look at it. Athletes tweet about it. I got a million followers. Like now, I look at it as wow. I just got 500 more people I could spread a message to. Right. You know, and that mindset change is amazing. So. You know, keep spreading, keep retweeting, keep following, keep listening, downloading and supporting. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thanks to Larry Johnson for coming on. LJ, I will probably be texting with you in 20 minutes once the next celebrity does something stupid. But thanks for coming <laughs> on, my man. I appreciate you. And Bobby, what are you doing? You're going to a gig and not practicing social I'm going to teach 10 like, girls like how to good? play ukulele over the Internet. So that's going to okay. be okay. a boy, Bob. <laughs> show me it. You just crossed the 4,000 mark. So show him that. Make sure that's up on the screen before you get there. All for right. LJ, for Bobby, I am Tommy G. Good luck and stay questioning, mother effers.